Hi, my name is Horst. I'm an engineer. I'm in Stuttgart. I work for Daimler Benz. And I can proudly announce this punk talk for bad mongos. Rock on! Hello everybody and welcome to Trooper Jugend Radio episode number 3 brought to you by Chipesta from Trooper Jugend Sangerknaben Wien in the beautiful city of Vienna in Austria so what are we going to hear this time let me get you guys up to date so I got the chance to talk to Mr. Mark Elmera a um, pop artist from Southern California and also a member of Turbiugend San Diego and Turbiugend Orange County he will be talking to us about his career as an artist as well as his roots in the Trubjugend. In this episode you will be hearing part one of the interview. Chuck Maple from Trubjugend Fort Collins will join us to talk about the Kutten factory in the deep mountains of Colorado. He's going to be updating us on the developments there. And of course, as usual, we will be heading into the forum and have a discussion about a really important topic of uh, Turbjugend and we will be raising the question of how gay are we and how gay should Turbjugend be? So let's get it on, grab a beer, sit down, relax, close your eyes, open your pants and enjoy this episode of Turbjugend Radio. The Forum. That punk talk and gossip. So this is uh, Trooper Jugend Radio Discussion Forum Part 3. Um, this week we'll have a really interesting topic, I think, and uh, as far as I uh, talk to other people, they also wanted to really wanted to hear that. The topic is, the ever uh, actual topic is, how gay should um, Trooper Jugend be? And with me is uh, somebody from uh, Trubigant, Chicago. Who is out there? Hey, this is uh, Carl Pagan, or Mike Simon, from Trubigant, Chicago. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, um, that's, uh, there's a good reason why I picked you for this episode. Um, so, um, we all know that Trubigant started out as a punk rock band in the 90s, and they had a hard time getting, somehow getting respect doing it. And uh, as uh, Happy Tom tells, um, what they did is they put out some uh, jeans jackets and put on some makeup, makeup um, just to uh, confuse some people and to, to get them sort of out of balance and to get their uh, respect in, in the Norwegian uh, death, uh, um, death metal scene. And obviously it worked. I mean, they, they, they brought out their, their, their first albums and they had all the... Like denim thing going, they had the makeup thing going, they had the German Shepherd thing going, and they had the beards going. So, um, Trooper Negro profi- profiled itself as a as, as a gay punk band, and it worked. And it, then, um, as the Jugend started um, with um, also in the 90s, it became some sort of a habit or a, a, um, a gimmick that Trooper Jugend is using 
just to um, yeah why why actually is that um, we can discuss this later maybe to find out why Toby Hugen uh, does still does it probably as a means of provocation but what, what I would what I would like to ask you uh, is uh, since you are actively uh, gay and you are homosexually oriented what made you uh, come to the to the Toby Hugen and how long have you been um, in Toby Hugen in Chicago um, I officially signed up a little over a year ago, but I'd been listening to Turbo Negro, oh God, past 10 years, I guess. So I wasn't with him in the very beginning, but, uh, you know, the Chicago chapter is kind of in a state of flux for a while, so I didn't get to join as soon as I would have thought. Uh, no, I, and I didn't even really understand the whole gay aesthetic that Turbo Turbo Negro, Negro uses, uses until after, after several years of listening to their music. Uh, uh, you, know, now you know, now it's different. We have YouTube. You can just go on there and you can see all their videos. You can learn more about them. But back then, it wasn't so easy, especially here in the States, maybe. I'm not sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was the music first. But I love the whole gay aesthetic of Turbo Negro because I, I do feel it's rebellious. Um, you know, it, Punk rock is, you know, it, it used to be you could just have a mohawk and stick a safety pin through your nose, but, you know, today that's not so shocking to people, and I think maybe uh, this, the whole gay theme that Turbo Negro has is uh, a great way of of rebelling. I also like how they focus on the, you know, when you, when you think, uh, when, you, when you talk about homosexual men, I think most people think of effeminate men. But there's actually a very masculine element within the gay community, and I like how Turbo Negro picked up on that. I, I feel like Turbo Yugen and the denim, it's, it's all like hyper-masculinity. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's just uh, thinking of this one Police Academy movie. I think it was the first movie. They had the Blue Oyster Bar. And, and if you remember that, and they, they have a certain sty style of um, homosexualists actually like going there and doing the tango with uh, the two other policemen. So this is more like yeah. the letter cap, beard wearing or orientation of gays. How would how would you say if you look at the gay community? Um, how many how many what what parts are really um, uh, or what different orientations or do you have a, like a certain way of, of Grouping them within the gay community. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, there's the, the gay community loves their subgenres, and there's plenty of them. You know, like there's the uh, leather community, and they ha they even have their own gay flag. You know, it's like blue and white with a black eagle, and you know, they're they're really into leather and bondage and S and M. Then you got the bear community, which uh, is more like bigger guys with. Beards and hairy and and, and uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty fascinating. Uh, um, just how how we like to classify ourselves within this community. It's pretty funny. Okay, so Turbo Negro picked basically the, the like with the denim, the beard. They go towards the the, le well, the letter and letter and SM way. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, I I, I would say so, but maybe not too closely. The First impression I got whenever I started learning about all the the denim and the the sailor hats and the scarves, they, they're mimicking uh, uh, Tom of Finland, uh, he, you know, a famous pencil artist from from Finland who may, well maybe maybe never will be taken as seriously as he should because he deals in gay erotica. But if you go and you look at his stuff, it's all 
sailors, sailor hats, tight jeans, huge packages. Uh, and uh, whenever I really, when I get online and first started looking up pictures of Turbo Negro, I saw this. I thought it was genius because not only not only are they looking at like a serious artist and kind of picking up on what he's doing, but it's um, you know they're, they're not just. They're not, they're not just, it's not, it's like, not like New York dolls where they're just dressing up like women or, you know, cross-dressers or anything like that. that it looked like some thought, actual thought went into it, and I was I was pretty impressed with that. Okay, so you, you got really appealed by the, but, but what are you saying, you were appealed by the music first? You really liked the music? Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you found out, and you, as you dug deeper into that, you found out that uh, actually the, the whole gay image really, really fitted also your, well, you, well, you, Your, well, your taste of music or or the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I don't I wear jeans every day, but I'm not like a very, a big denim guy. But you know, after joining Turbo Yugen and putting on the jacket for the first time, I had to rethink that. I was like, maybe I should wear more denim because this is. I feel really fucking sexy right now. But yeah, uh, I don't know the. the The, the the best way I can describe it, I guess, is there's this Al Pacino movie called Cruisin, where he's an undercover cop. He's got to infiltrate the this real seedy side of the gay scene, where there's just underground sex parties and all that. And uh, it's real 70s, real gritty, and that's what's whenever I started looking at pictures of these guys and seeing them online, I was like, holy shit! You know, they look like they're actually. <laughs> living out this movie it's a it's a really disturbing movie you should check it out sometime it's crazy mm -hmm. well maybe we can post a link on the on the trivia and radio section on facebook for for you guys to, uh, who are listening to us um on on, on facebook um what i'm also interested in i would like to ask you is i mean you being a um a uh, gay person joining trubi jugend um And seeing seeing all the trubi you can acting putting lipstick on, putting obviously mm -hmm. obviously denim on, maybe making out and grab, mm -hmm. grabbing ass. How does it really? <laughs> how do you feel about that? I mean, this is a, your personal sexual orientation, and people are obviously, as you said, uh, using it as a way of provocation, or not only provocation but more or less a fun thing. How do you how do you think about that? Uh, I find it I find it all pretty amusing. Uh, you know, it started out as just you're like, oh, okay, they they look really gay. But then whenever I joined Turbo Yugen and I start going to the parties and everything, uh, like you say, there's a lot of ass grabbing and guys making out with each other, and you know they're straight and everything. But you know, here it is, they're doing it. I, I find it funny. I, I don't. I try not to. Uh, I try not to make out with people yeah. <laughs> or, you know, grab a lot of ass because, uh, for, well, for two reasons. I don't want people to think, well, he actually is gay. Maybe this actually means something and he's not just playing around like the rest of us. I would like to avoid that. But also, uh, I kind of have a hipster mentality about it. Like, I was gay before it was cool, so I'm not going to participate in this. Yeah, I get it. Mm. So what are you trying to say is that... Uh, You don't want to get like the feeling across that you're just exploiting the the true human as of some people who are doing it for fun and you're using it. Obviously, that makes total total sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't want anybody to think like, well, he doesn't belong here. He's just here for the the free makeout sessions. <laughs> exactly. But this is a really important point. But have you ever talked to people? I mean, are you very open within the Tube Jugend about uh, with with you being being uh, being a gay, or is it just like a thing you would just say if somebody asks you? No, uh, yeah, I mean, it, um, I, I, I don't know. I think when, when I came to the chapter, uh, from day one, when I first met the guys, you know, they're all great. I love, I love my chapter brothers. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure it's like this with anybody who joins the Yugen, but yeah, there's a lot of questions in the beginning. Are you married? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it came out and I didn't, I think, you know, I, said it that day and I don't think I've had to say it since I think people just know uh, it's gotten around you know people talk but uh, yeah I have no I, where I come from originally but you know before I moved to Chicago it's forbidden so coming to a, a large city like Chicago I no longer have to worry about that and to be honest I didn't join Turbo Yugen so much because of how accepting I saw it was towards gays because I lived and worked in the gay community for 10 years, but I never really fit in because I was a gay metalhead, and there's not a lot of us. So joining Turbo Yugen was it was it was pretty cool because now here I am. Everybody knows I'm gay. Everybody's cool with it. We can all talk about punk metal. Go to shows. It's, it's, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's the same thing with. I mean, Turbo Yugen is, is sort of like or Turbo Negro is a Turbo Negro and the gay and the gay attitudes are there's the gay thing. And the other aspect, excuse me, is the the Negro thing because as you know, Turbo Negro when they when mm -hmm. they were coming out, they were putting on black makeup and, and afros. And yes. So what and, and I find it kind of interesting that you mentioned that okay, there's Turbo Yugen, but uh, there's not too many gays in the Yugen. But as, as I um, see, there are not too many black metalheads or black Turbo Yugen people in the Turbo Yugen. Yeah. So it's basically a thing where white people who like punk rock. Have a certain gimmick going with which is like gay, gay denim oriented, and maybe some, but and also the Negro. But in, in, in reality, there's no not too many Negro, black people and not too many uh, gay people in it. So, what was your um, your your best experience with your be, you being gay and uh, and entering the Jugend or at at some party or at some festival or at some concert? Um, my best experience is, well, a, um, you know, I, whenever I'm around, the, the, the when it, at, towards the end of our parties, when things are getting a little wild and guys are making out and grabbing each other's packages and all that, it's it's great to watch that and not have to participate in that. And, you know, as I said earlier, just have the mentality of, you know, I've... There was, there was a time in my life where I, I wanted to do what you guys were doing, but it just wasn't, I wasn't able to, and now I'm here, and it's happening all around me, and I don't feel the need to participate. I, you know, it's the whole, like I said, it's the whole hipster mentality. It's like, I was doing this before, it's cool. Look at you little kids making out, it's great. Yeah, but did you ever experience any, any real negative things? I mean... No, no, no. Because I think that if you join Turbo Jugend and... Uh, You can like Trooper Negro. That's that's one thing. The music, but if you join yeah. join, join Trooper, you can. There's a certain thing that goes along with it. One of them uh, being um, having a, an open mind toward homosexual yeah. homosexual behavior to that prov pr provocative thing, putting on makeup. I think yeah. at least you don't have to. Well, I think you don't have to do it, but at least you have to be open minded. And I think it would not work if you're um, joining the Jugend and uh, if you just dislike. 
uh, uh, gay people. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. It, the the, 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 the thought of a homophobic member of Turbo Yugen is, is kind of funny to me. Like I don't, I don't know. Like if, if you're homophobic, I don't know why you would join Turbo Yugen. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like uh, being uh, racist towards African Americans but loving jazz or something. I, I don't know. Exactly. That's a, that's a, that's seems kind of contradictory. That's a good point. Yes. Um, uh, you, you, mentioned, you were mentioning the um, the, pro, the pr provocative aspect. Well, nowadays, as you mentioned, the, the, the mohawk thing and the, the needles, I think the leather jackets and the, the, the boots and everything and the ripped, ripped apart jeans and tattoos and everything. See, you know, when you open a fashion magazine, um, you, yeah, you, that's, the, that's the thing you, nowadays you can see. You know, you can see that uh, like somebody with a mohawk and a Gucci bag. Or yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Maybe not a guy, but a, but 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 a gal. Uh, no, yeah. no, yeah. You, you, you walk into uh, uh, like any designer clothing store, and there could, and there could be, be a dude, a dude there with a mohawk, and it's it's no longer, it's no longer it's, it's not a rebel hairstyle anymore. It's very it's very mainstream, and you know we run out of ways to shock people. And right now, uh, in a lot of parts of the world, the whole topic of homosexuality is very controversial. So I think it's a good way to piss off some right wing conservative types. You know. Yeah, so you, you you really think that, that that putting on the makeup and and, and dressing up gay uh, is 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 still a way of pro uh, uh, provoking people, just as Turbo Negro intended it to be back in the in the in the nineties. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because you know, as you said earlier, before it was wearing Afro wigs and being in blackface, and there's that funny story where they talk about uh, smoking weed backstage with the bad brains while they're in their blackface and Afro wigs, and they don't even realize it. And they said that you know, they said that they were totally cool with it, but it was just kind of like made them think about what they were doing. Yeah. That's a sort of a, a neat aspect. Where back back in the day, they, I, some sometimes I have the impression that the Turbinigo just did whatever they ca came up to their mind, and uh, everything else is just history and and, and, uh, and developed it, itself. As, as or as the band says, they with about Turbinigo they created a monster, and now it's really out of control. Mm -hmm. um, have you met? When when you were attending Turbinigo parties or meetings or go to a concert, have you have you met any other? Um, gay uh, persons within the Turbo Jugend. Is there a, because I I really I know one from Switzerland, but that's that's about it. Do you is, is there are there more of, of, of more, more people more gay people in the Jugend that you would know? Um, um, not that I'm aware of. I don't believe I have actually. You know, in Chicago, it's uh, it's it's really easy to get a lot of other chapters from out of state to come in, and you know, I never just it never comes up in conversation or anything like that. So I may have and just don't know. But uh, maybe I would love to design a patch or something for legitimately gay members of Turbo Yugen. So. Which so we can so we can identify ourselves at these gatherings. But then again, I don't know. Maybe it'd be more like a scarlet letter, and suddenly nobody's grabbing their ass or making out with them. So maybe nobody would want to wear the patch. I'm not sure. Yeah, but to let it, still let the, I think it's a, br a brilliant idea just to, to add this twist to it because I mean it's yeah for me it makes total sense. Or maybe you can find uh, you can found a, uh, a new Yugen with a like like a real gay chapter like a like which is global maybe. But I think it, it would be kind of interesting if the reaction of all the people who are doing all the ass grabbing and all the, the, the package grabbing <laughs> yeah. and everything and then like really noting that you are really gay and it's kind of funny how they would react to it. You know, are they shy? Are they like, 
you using it. I mean, have you had any any um, any experiences with uh, you telling somebody that you are gay and people really wanted to get it on at the band's end? Well, well, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There's a no, no one from within my chapter, but there's uh, several Chicago area chapters, and there's a couple of people. Well, one, a couple of people in particular that uh, you know, I re I remember the first conversation having with them about me being gay was like, "Do you think I'm hot? Do you want to make out with me?" You know, and it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of novelty after a while, but yeah, I'm like, no, I don't think you're hot, <laughs> and uh, no, I will not make out with you. Like that's a privilege you must earn, type thing. So, so he he was trying to get uh, like to 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 use uh, take advantage advantage of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like he, he, he wants, I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, he's a straight guy, but he wants a gay perspective on how he looks and how he kisses. And, you know, that's, that's not why I'm at this party right now. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you hairstyling tips or tell you the proper way to make out with another dude or anything like that, so. Yeah. So do you think it's a, uh, do you think actually that there's a, um, is there a number of, of Jugendliche and, uh, and Jugends that, uh, are, have some sort of homosexual tendencies? Would you would you go that far that you really noted that there all these all this that making out and which is like a, a, the tuba you can officially the tuba you can thing, but in reality it's a sort of like a, a hidden hidden thing or in, in need for certain people to do or what they really always wanted to try out. Well, well we have we the have the Kinsey scale, scale which if yeah. it, um, teaches, teaches us that. that Human sexuality is more of a spectrum than a, a, a black and white alignment. So, yeah, I think maybe there's, there's most of us have like hetero or homo tendencies, but we never act on them because they're not that strong. And and so I, I think when you get a bunch of guys like that together and we're all drinking, you know, stuff like that will come out. But you you raise an interesting point. Um, will there be, be people joining Turbo Yugen to uh, act on these urges that they have that they can't express in their day-to-day -day life? And, um, you know, if you want to take that even further, it's like how, how long is it before people start joining specifically for that reason and not so much because they like Turbo Negro or they like death punk music or anything like that? It's, it's more of a, a release for them. Have you have you have you noticed any any, any developments like 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 this within the union? Well, <laughs> you know, I I mean, yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes the the, uh, the cock grabbing and the the making out gets a pretty intense with some of these dudes, but uh, you know, I'm sure if they wanted to go if they if they wanted to leave together and do something, they would. Whether or not they do, I don't know, but uh, I can see it as a possibility. So you can, it's like a. A, a triad, triad area for maybe I'm homosexual. The music is cool, so I'll just join them. Well, it's interesting. I mean, this is an inter really yeah. interesting. Well, you know, and, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that you know we've got a lot of latent homosexuals in Turbo U. I'm not, I'm not implying that at all. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure if there was a woman there that was interested in them, they would go home with her first. But you know, I'm just saying we're we all know how crazy Turbo U can. Parties can get, and so I don't, I don't think it should come as a shock to anybody if two dudes end up waking up in the same bed the next morning. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. Last thing. Um. When I actually when I was joining Trooper Yugen back in the early 2000s, and and they still had some of the Scandinavian leather 
record was out, so they had still had the gay thing going. And then when, it, oh, when yeah. they released him out of new newer albums with the Party Animals and um, Retalks, and for some reason I I, I got the impression that um, Turbo Negro was fading away from the from the whole gay thing to get to, get to maybe become more ma mainstream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, with the last two albums and looking at the band right now, I can see a um, I can see a strong devotion to to denim again. Is, is that a, a um, image you also see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think, I think you're right. right. I think it, they kind of swung away from the whole gay thing for a little bit, but now it's, it's coming back. But uh, I think the addition of Tony, um, you know, I think it's it's, it's kind of. And, and, and I don't. Want, this isn't a Tony versus Hank thing, but I think Tony adds a lot more masculinity to Turbo Negro. I mean, look at yeah, he he looks more masculine. He sounds more masculine. Not that Hank looked or sounded feminine, but you know what I mean. He's a big he, Tony's Tony's a big bear of a man, and I I think I think they're really trying to play that up, and it just fits in naturally with the whole. Uh, that, that macho gay aesthetic that they they love so much. Yeah, so there's still some hope that, uh, or not hope, but uh, we're pretty sure that the gay thing will will constantly be a part of the of the tourism thing. I mean, I, I me personally, yes, I do put on makeup and I try to look nice at concerts. And uh, as far as mm -hmm. I can tell, people, males and females, especially the ladies, they sort of are, like dig it. They like it. They. Uh, Think that is that this twisted thing is some, something that at least appeals to them for whatever reason. So um, for me personally, I just hope that Turbinigo will stick to it and uh, stick to the gay thing. I I, I wanted Turbinigo to to also to 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 um, use the gay thing, still uh, dress up in denim and put it put on the makeup and be on. But also, our, I want them to be really um, open towards regular non-Turbinigan gay people. But as I said. I don't think there's a way you can join join the tour with you and without if you're like homophobic. There's just this is just yeah. Yeah. no way, and I, I I I sort of don't don't think, and I, I don't fear that from from happening. But I, as far as I go, I really hope that the whole gay thing and the whole denim thing continues to stay a trademark of Turbo Negro and Turbo Jugend, and for the years to come. So Carl, I'm. I thank you for talking to me uh, about. Uh, oh, thanks for having me. This this has been great. Talking very openly about everything. I think that this is also a thing that this is not common. To, talking really openly uh, within the Yugen about that um, because people are usually not gay, and but even though they act like this, but I really do thank you about <laughs> yeah. talking so openly um, about it. I think we also learned a lot about the uh, the gay aspects in within the true Yugen. I really hope to talk to you soon. Uh, like I said, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I look forward to being back on the show. All right. See you. Take it easy. All right. Lipstick or no lipstick? I guess it's up to you guys to decide if you want to look awesome and pretty and get all the Sailor Man. Or if you want to look average and boring and continuing to having to touch yourself on your regular basis. You decide. Okay. Next topic will be uh, an interview with Chuck Maple, who's going to talk to us from Fort Collins in the deep forests of Colorado about the Kuten factory. Turbulent update. Here we go. We're talking to uh, Fort Collins these days, the dark forest of uh, Colorado, that is. 
uh, with uh, in, uh, in right into Chuck Maple's uh, cooking factory. So Chuck, how are you these days? I'm doing well. How about you? Not too bad, actually. In the, in the cold, cold summer of Cologne. No, well, not the not looking not uh, looking too good these days. And um, so, um, as I as I understand, you are doing the 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 Kute production uh, these days, and you took over from from Hamburg. Um, how's the the factory going? Are you busy? Uh, we're staying incredibly hectic. Um, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, Turbo Negro, I think, kind of wanted a little bit of a, you know, a, a little bit more security with the production, and you know that's something that we're offering now, so that's good. I, uh, you know, I, I think that you know with the rise of Turbo Negro again with the most recent record coming out a year ago, they, I, I think there's a lot more people that are that are learning the same thing that you and I both have loved for quite some time. Mm, so uh, when how many how many uh, um Kutis are you producing? How many emails a day do you get? Well, that, that's a very different number. Um, the the amount of jackets that we've probably put out, the, the Kuten production, I think we've we've topped almost 2,000 over the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've put out quite a few uh, new ones, not only for you know members who had been uh, who have been a long part of the Turbo Union, but also members who are new. And like I said, there's a, there's a load of new chapters opening continuously. I'm sure that if you get a chance to speak with Mr. Balthazar, he's you know that all of the Bal all of the Yugen, TurboYugen.org staff are incredibly hectic with dealing with all of their emails. The amount of emails I get a day, on the other hand, um, well, it's pretty hefty. Okay, and how's the? Can you describe uh, the, the the process of the how they get, are the are you producing the denim in, in the states or are you getting the denim uh, from from somewhere else? Um, the the process of how the of how the denim comes to be is uh, pretty humorous. Um, it, it there's a, a very rare spider actually in Mexico that uh, Pandaman from Turbo Yugen Satanica has decided to harvest and uh, he starts to collect all of these spiders and they start to build. The, the the webbing together uh, that is the denim that everybody wears. Uh, I hope nobody is you know claustrophobic. So is, is it a, is it a uh, a blue secret? Like is it like a blue blue stuff that it comes? Is it like sperm? Is it like spider sperm or is it is it like a gluey thing that where they 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 would do their nets nets with or is it or is it made out of spiders? It, well, as much as I wish it was just made out of spiders. It isn't. It's much more simple than that. They normally the the crazy weird blue web, and I mean I'm not my, my Spanish nor my German are exactly what it should be, so I, I can't exactly repeat the spiders breed. But but they have this this wonderful blue web that of course then you get to over dye with a with a darker blue, which normally is the semen of the spiders themselves. So it makes it very very easy to do that with. Is it, is it what do you say? Is, is it close to the to a, like a sailor man's blue eye like I have? Uh, it's very similar to that. I know that both you and I share the the sailor's blue eye greatness. Yeah yeah yeah. So I mean, you, you've it, been looking. Much like Sam Damon does too, which is very odd for a Mexican. Yeah, you've been looking into my eyes quite quite closely actually last year. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're you're talking about. So so okay, you, you, we've got this spider set up in Mexico. Then then they will take their basic their sperm, and you'll make a fabric out of it basically. And then you'll ship it from Mexico to well, it's, Fort Collins, right? 
there is a level of you know child labor that goes into it, and mostly it's under five year old labor. We like to train them very young and on proper work ethics, and mm -hmm. uh, they they manufacture the jackets and put all of the the you know webbing and sperm together to to make into the solid jacket that it is you know that comes out. Uh, they get they get shipped up uh, after a very long burrow ride on Pan Damon's side to uh, up to Fort Collins, and you know then in the glorious mountains and wilderness that we live in, we get to hand embroider through more child labor, mostly my kids' labor, to, uh, okay. to embroider the jackets completely. And uh, you know I I decided it was more important for uh, you know my kids to get a work ethic than uh, you know go to school, so they they make the jackets themselves. Yeah, that sounds like proper fatherhood here. Yeah, I, I think it's a much better to go about it. That's also my understanding of how how you would uh, go uh, ahead with your breed. Um, concerning the sizes of the jacket, because I, I personally I own a Levi's jacket from back ten well ten years ago almost to the to the month. Um, how would you compare the different sizes uh, if if people would like? Uh, Try to get a new one. What? How, how should they act? What is the best way of getting a, a jacket that, that exactly fits their, their their size? Well, we've put a uh, sizing chart up for the reason of that. Uh, the best thing to do is, you know, in my opinion, and this is something I comment to most people on, is if they wish to uh, find the proper sizing, they can look at the size chart on the site and base their. They can measure out a jacket that they currently own that they like, and make sure that it fits. You know, that, that's all the measurements kind of work. And we based it entirely off of uh, the old Bitscore model just because of the fact that that is what we had on hand because both Van Damme and I are, you know, old members of all of this. Okay. And so we based off that and made it made some minor changes as to what we found were the uh, major things that, I, that we had problems with. For okay. example, the sleeves mm -hmm. are a little bit longer. The, you know, the jacket itself doesn't rest... Yeah, you know, it rests a little bit below the waist instead of on the waist itself. Okay. And, so uh, so it just just minor changes here and there to try to improve upon what you know El Presidente did so well at. Mm -hmm. But then the sizes of the stitch of the, of the stitching and everything is that exactly the same? Did you get the the, the original uh, uh, prints or or pattern from the, from from Hamburg? Or did did you have to redo the whole, redo the the whole thing by yourself? We had to do it completely from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, you know the reason why is because overall we didn't have a. With all of my conversations with uh, El Presidente in Hamburg, the biggest problem is that we couldn't. Yeah, it was very difficult to get a hold of him, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, I had to give him a phone call and, you know, actually, you know, rack up a hefty, hefty phone bill myself just to find out how, you know, just to find out what was going on. And this is before Turbo Negro, you know, asked for us to kind of handle all of this. Okay. So we, so everything was just based entirely off of what we felt. You know what, what we looked at and measured out and tried to make work for us. But it, it seems to work right now. Um, but when you get an order in, is it usually a a new Jugend ordering jackets, or can it, or is it an old one getting new jackets for new newer uh, members these days? Can you tell a uh, certain development here? Uh, we don't. We definitely, with the rise of the new record with uh, sexual harassment coming out, there is a, a load new a load of new Turbo Jugend members. 
On the other hand, there's also, you know, there's a lot of people that ordered a jacket much like you 10 years ago, and they're wanting a newer one because, well, their old jacket has been completely beat up. I mean, I'm my my original jacket is a prime example of that, where I can put my thumbs through the sleeves very easily. <laughs> from, uh, you know, from, from all the stabbing or or just the... The, 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 the biting spiders uh, from Fort Collins, or just from, oh, the, from partying? I'm pretty much just from the wear and tear that normally happens. Uh, I think anybody who's ever owned a pair of jeans it can well is well aware that things uh, wear out over time. Mm -hmm. Especially in the mid uh, midsection, right? Oh, exactly, as the far, midsection. As far There's as definitely a place behind the zipper in any jeans that should be uh, rather worn out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and you are handling the whole production. Are you um, you getting the orders and the productions, and you communicate with Mexico with the Spider Place, right? Yes, we we work alongside uh, each other quite well. It's it's one of those things that I've uh, Pan Damon is an old friend of mine, so we uh, we we work quite well at making sure everything is functional and the way it should be. Are you are you shipping it it out as well? Uh, yes, we do pretty much everything from the startup of we will order, you know, a, a number of jackets to be made from the spiders, and the, they once they are finished, they get shipped up, you know, to me, and then we embroider everything uh, upon the time of order. Mm -hmm. So it, there, there's definitely been some very humorous situations where people uh, do not understand the concept that there is a little bit of wait time because of the fact that we're dealing with production. Exactly. This is the exact thing that I would like to, 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 to ask you. What would you say, like, if you would give an average time of how long it takes so in, uh, from the first email or on the website, that's, I understand people are doing it on the, on the website, um, until they finally get the jacket. What would you say is it, would, it has to be roughly estimated? Um, there's anywhere from a wait time of... Depending on the size and what's being and how it's being ordered, there's you know normally it's anywhere between uh you know four and ten weeks depending on the size. Mm -hmm. If it's something like a size men's medium, large, extra large, which are much you know much more heavily ordered, then you're gonna have a slightly longer wait time because there's more getting embroidered mm -hmm. versus you know something like a men's small or a women's size, which are ordered a little bit more rarely. Normally we might have them in stock, and so I can, you know, get them in. I can get them embroidered much at a much faster rate, and then get them out faster. Okay, so you're getting in all those those new Jugend uh, names and everything. So uh, within the last year, what what which Jugend name comes up to comes up to your mind, uh, which made you laugh the most? Which are they are they you can still as creative as they they, they used to be? I just remember one. One Jugend is actually my all-time favorite. It's a Jugend from Berlin, and the Jugend is called Chubby Jugend Bruce Lee Sein Grab, which is, is a real wrong, like a really wrong constructed sentence in German. Um, what is your favorite? What's your favorite, if you think about it? If you, what, what is your favorite Jugend name within the last year that came up? I think that over the past year and a half, uh, Turbo Jugend Scumfuck is probably one of my One of my favorites because it's such an offensive name. Uh, it, it's based off of a mutual love in Oslo of uh, Gigi Allen. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roy Destroy of Destroy Records is the president of that chapter. And I think it's 
very, very fitting because Roy is Roy is a, an old Turbo Yugen member, a good friend of most of us, and uh, one of one of the hands down best gentlemen I've met in you know amongst all of my travels. Um, so TJ Scumfuck is a is a pretty pretty awesome offensive name to have on your back. Uh, as for a warrior name, there's there's been a load of them and a, a load of just phenomenally hilarious ones that are, you know, that I, I look at and I go, I, I don't know if I really personally want to wear that, but okay. Um, I, I don't have a list in front of me currently, but one that uh, strikes out is uh, one of the newest Turbo Yugen Fort Collins members. Her warrior name is Leave It to My Beaver, which, of course, taken off the old 1950s television show Leave It to Beaver. It is a very fitting and, and silly name for people. Yeah, it reminds me of the old Naked Gun movie, the first one, when he when, she was, when she was up the up the ladder, or whatever, and he was like looking at a beaver. Is that? Oh yeah. Do I remember that correctly? Okay, so that's for the all all yeah, the Yugans all, 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 all not too familiar on on the radio that this this is a. Uh, sexual uh, uh, hints. I don't want to go into details because this is uh, supposed to be a, a strictly Catholic podcast. Um, oh, of course, of course. I, I would expect that you know the the Pope should be listening in. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm, um, from from how many continents are you getting? Are, are you getting your orders? Is, is it is it more more or less? Uh, actually, what, is it more like the the U.S. and, and Europe or and, and maybe Australia? But have you ever have you ever gotten uh, like a, a cooter request from Africa? Because it, I think this is an area of the world where we will true vegans still has uh, enormous uh, room to grow. Uh, it, I, overall, the only places I can say that I have not gotten orders from as of so far is yeah, Africa, Antarctica. Despite having a, a Turbo Yugen member, I know that has worked in Africa or worked in a. Antarctica. He didn't order his jacket to be shipped there. Um, but overall, I mean, we've covered orders, you know, from South America, from North America, from both Eastern and Western Europe, from, you know, the, the rise, you know, Moscow now has a, a very strong chapter. Really? Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it's, it's very, very interesting to see happening, but it, you know, it's been the rise of that. Um, China and Japan both are, you know, Japan's been a long time, you know, it, it, TJ Tokyo is legendary. Um, overall, I mean, I am seeing a more of a rise in China also now. In China, uh, right? With, even even uh, with the um, existing regime? Well, and the regime is changing to a degree. But yes, even with the existing regime, there, uh, you know, obviously Turbo Negro has has invaded, which is good. Do you know the name of the, Ch of the Chinese uh, Yugen? Uh, there is... Uh, Shanghai just recently ordered. Um, let me see here. Then we have... Uh, there was another... There's another couple chapters. I know that Balthazar Catharsis helped set up a couple chapters over there uh, within you know the past five years, six years. Can, can, so it, can you use the, uh, like Chinese letters as well? Do you have that in stock? Uh, yeah, I can. We can do that, of course. Have you ever done you that? Know, or or I, I language? Not, actually, most of them are you know the the standard lettering style and they, that they want to have instead of you know characters on their back. But you know, it technically we could do it. 
Have, are you actually allowed, or do you, if, if somebody would like a, a white kute or a black kute, or wants to have his his uh, his names and everything uh, like Turbjugend on the shoulder in red, would you do that, or is it is it a poly, or are you um, having a policy where you just want to want everything to, to be like clean and strict, like a good old uh, old German army? Well, I believe that sticking to a sticking to a standard is is very very good. Where no matter what, the Turbo Negro logo should be in, you know, should be the same across the board. The jackets should all look similar when they come out, you know, across the board. We can we can do some fine changes, and I've done some changes for some uh, for some specific people who have wanted their warrior name in a different color, and that's easy enough to do. Okay. Um, we've, we've, I've yet to implement that across the board for anybody, but when somebody specially requests it, it's pretty easy to wrangle. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, let's say if, if the band like Turbo Negro, I heard that Tappy Tom's Kuta was stolen in, in Switzerland last year, if I remember, or if I got that right, it would, would the, the Happy Tom and the band would also come up to you and, and, and say, get me, get me a new, a new Kuta, like a tube you can follow Kuta for Happy Tom maybe? We we actually I handed both because both Tony and Happy Tom's kutas were stolen in uh in at the same event, and Tony being uh, and the only London member in the chapter because of what happened with the London chapter, but also London being a very old chapter, I actually at the Denver show last month handed them their Polo and London replacement jackets. Oh, okay. So. Very, very happy to get those out to them. Uh, yeah, Manboy has, is very happy to wear. He uh, he has joined a couple chapters. He's very happy to wear, you know, his all you know his different jackets based on his mood. Um, he is fickle, being young and all. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Runa is very happy to wear one of the you know original when we when we started doing everything before we had the spiders in place. We we set it up with. Uh, just doing Levi's because it was the easiest option. And, uh, and he still wears one of those on stage whenever he's not wearing his bib overalls that he enjoys wearing currently. Mm -hmm. I heard that, but I, as I'm checking on the oldest old Levi's trucker jackets, they seem, don't seem to be in production anymore. That's kind of, it's kind of, it's a hard thing to get one. It is actually kind of difficult to get one. It, depending on the time of year that Levi is in production. Um, it's it's kind of unfortunate that they bounce back and forth and they also change their sizing really really regularly. They'll make they'll they'll make adjustments in something where I might wear a certain size one year if I try on one the next year, it won't fit. So, there the changes that they go through are a very different situation. So what what you were saying is also um, if anybody wants a tubu, uh you can check at the Kuta. Just uh, your your place is the safest place to get the, the right sizes all the time, and Levi's is sort of like not providing that anymore. Well, the, Levi's is a fashion-based company, and therefore, since they're fashion-based, that's what they're working on. That's what they're working towards is what is fashionable at that moment. Through you know, it's, they've gotten rid of the classic approach to it, unfortunately. Uh, with what we do, we. You know, we've made some minor adjustments continuously, you know, based off just learning how to do this because, you know, like I said, you know, Pandaemon is a, uh, is a, you know, spider specialist and uh, deals with his corporate spider stuff down there. 
and I'm a tattoo artist, so it's not as if we really walked into this going, hey, we know a lot about fashion. Let's design all this. We had no real idea. This is all just a learning by, you know, whatever we do. Okay. So it's it's been a, it's there's definitely been a very interesting learning curve because of that. And and you're on you're riding that learning curve. You're on top of it. Well, excellent. Doing our best. <laughs> excellent. Um, so when are we going to see you again? Are you coming to Hamburg this year, or to, are you visiting the Havel to you again, I I would love to come to Hamburg this year. There's a, I and up until last month I was expecting to. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I, I I've had two vehicles and me having, you know, a family. Mm-hmm. I've had two vehicles die on me recently, which of course leads into my tattooing schedule increasing so that I can make enough money to get something that actually runs. So with that being the case, there is a chance I won't be over there. I both the wife and I want to come over. We would like to make it over for Hamburg. It's just not looking as likely. Um We are looking at coming over because we'd love to get over to Europe whenever we can. So we're looking at possibly in the fall we're going to try to make it over to the UK and get a good chance to travel and visit everybody over there. Both of us have lived over there, so we uh, appreciate always hitting, heading back there. On the other hand, I know that there has been more than enough welcoming across the board in Europe for us to go visit people, and we would love to make it over and have a good chance to actually hang out. It's just a matter of working it all into the schedule and having the finances to do it. All right. Sounds you like know, the plan. So there, there will be chances of seeing you on the in the old world within the next oh, half year. Oh, yes. Within the next year, we're, we're, our goal is to get over there. I, I definitely need to look into your blue eyes more often. Exactly. Um, Otherwise, I mean, it's it, the hardest part to explain to anybody is that it, you know, it with both Pandaman and myself and my wife, we all have jobs, and we don't make any money off of the Turbo Yugen stuff. We just, you know, this all of it rolls into getting new stuff out and you know doing what we do. So since we don't take a paycheck from it, it makes it incredibly difficult for us to be like, okay, well, we can't afford to do something. <laughs> And we hate saying that, but at the same time, we do, you know, I, I think it's the most ethical thing to do is to not take a paycheck off of it. Yeah, that's to, to, totally um, ethical, and uh, especially the, the whole thing with the, the, the work. At, you, you teaching young kids how, how what a proper worth ethic looks like, ethic looks like uh, to get them started for life, basically. That's what you're also saying, or that's what you were like oh. mentioning before. So you're... You're all set of, um, yeah, you're not only uh, producing kutas, you're also developing young uh, uh, human beings over there in Mexico as well as in, in, in Fort Collins. So that's obviously a great thing to do. Uh, Chuck, I would like to thank you for um, um, talking to me and, ta- and explaining the whole wild uh, wild and wide world of the Tuberugant uh, factory in the uh, deep forests of uh, Fort Collins. I thank you for, for talking to me. And I, ho- I hope um, to, to see you around in Europe very, very soon. If, if not Hamburg, maybe in, in the fall in the UK or in any other city in Europe. We, we would love to see you. I, I know that both Lee and myself are, are looking forward to getting a chance to hang out with you personally whenever we get the chance as soon as possible, preferably. All right. Yes, and thank you, thank you for taking your time out of your day to sit around and kind of BS with me. I appreciate it. Me too. Uh, my blue eyes are waiting for you, honey. Ooh. Ooh. 
So that was that. Thank you, Chuck, for updating us about all we needed to know about Blue Seaman. Next, we'll shift over to uh, the beautiful state of Southern California, where I got the chance to talk to Mr. Mark Elmera about his uh, artwork for Tubiugend and his roots within the Tubiugend, which dates back to the early, early 90s. So, okay, I'm sitting in my uh, denim-covered cave in the beautiful city of Cologne, Germany. Uh, pretty dark cave, not too nice looking, but the only thing gracing my wall is a leather-covered, beautiful, Swedish-looking, well, middle-aged, I would say, a, an early <laughs> early milf-age girl uh, on a poster of Turbo Negro, and the name that signs the whole picture is... Elmera, and luckily enough, I have uh, Mark Elmera uh, on the phone now. He's uh, joining us from San Diego, California, and most of you people might not know him, but he's actually a pretty um, famous person in a tuber union. So, hello, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. And uh, maybe you can introduce yourself to the to the listeners. Um, who are you, and what uh, brought you to Tuber Negro? Uh, my name is Mark Almera. I'm from Cal- I'm from Southern California, from Orange County. Uh, my artist name is Marco Almera. I've been doing rock posters and artwork for about about 20 years. Uh, I used to do art shows in Europe, especially Germany, uh, Hamburg, Altona, part of Hamburg, Berlin, and I met a really good friend of mine, Stevo Spar, who used to be the SWAT minister of. Turbo Yugen San Pauli back in, I think, 2002, 2001, uh, around, the, around that time. And uh, he would always, when he was driving me around Hamburg to my art shows, he's always playing Turbo, uh, Turbo Negro in his car. And he couldn't believe I hadn't heard of them. Uh, then I started seeing Turbo Yugen San Pauli jacket. He always wear his Turbo Yugen San Pauli jacket. And... Uh, I brought him. Uh, I brought him a U.S. military medal uh, for being a marksman because he was a SWAT minister for Turbinigan St. Pauli, and we'd go shooting guns in Hamburg. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, I would give him American medals for his for his cut. But I didn't know the significance of the cut because I was just his friend. I had no idea about uh, Turbinigan yet. So around 2002, we were in Hamburg. Uh, and he took me to St. Pauli, and he and he took me to uh, Bitscore, and mm-hmm. introduced me to Jurgen. So Bitscore being the the Turbo Jurgen merch shop back in the days when uh, El Presidente Jurgen was still running it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to El Presidente, and I think I gave him a couple of my art posters, and he gave me every LP. I think from hot cars, spent contraceptives, all the way to Scandinavian leather. He gave me every single LP, bunch of posters, buttons, stickers. I, I didn't know the the incredible history of, of Turbo Negro yet. Mm-hmm. But when I got when I got the when I got all these LPs and I saw the artwork 
and uh, he explained me the history, and they explained me the the far reachings of Turbojugend. Uh, I wanted to be a part of it. Okay, so but maybe you can explain to people um, what sort of artwork would you were were you trading in? Because we figured and uh, Turbojugend, I would I would suppose they know the the, the like uh, the the range of uh, records Turbojugend did and what what it's worth. But actually, what are you doing for for work? What is what is your art that uh, you were trading in uh, for the for the records? From El Presidente. Uh, I had some Dia de los Muertos artwork. I had Reverend Horton Heat posters, Super Suckers posters, Swinging Neck Breakers. Uh, a lot of like California, well, not even California, a lot of American like psychobilly bands, rock, punk rock and roll bands, Electric Frankenstein, a lot of bands like this. Uh, I've been doing rock posters for uh, throughout LA when they played these LA gigs okay. uh, or Orange County gigs I'd make a poster so I had uh, Reverend Horton Heat I'm sure I gave him a super suckers uh, and it was all my style uh, and it, it went hand in hand with Turbo Negro once I started to see their, their graphic history uh, and then I, I realized what a big deal Turbo Negro was but mm. it wasn't in 2002 it really wasn't that big in the United States Uh, so it was a brand new thing to me and I, I've been working with Epitaph Records in LA for a long time and all their new punk bands that would put out CDs I'd get copies of uh, so I'd find out a lot of the new underground rock and underground metal uh, uh, punk rock that was coming through and I never I never heard of Turbo Negro so after I after I After I got the albums, I started listening to the music, and I started hearing about Turbojugend. Uh, this is about two, this is like the beginning of 2003. Uh, at the same time, uh, Scandinavian Leather was out, and the uh, the Jackass movie had uh, all my friends are dead in it, and the guys were wearing the teacups. And they were being crazy, and, and, and I, I'm not sure they were wearing uh, cuts or anything, but they kind of captured that spirit of the, the rowdy, uh, denim-clad, crazy punker uh, in, in the Jackass movie. And when I went back to Germany in 2003, I finally saw the band. For the, first, the, time. For the first time. So this was the, probably the, the Scandinavian letter tour back then? Yeah, it was summer of 2003. I had some more art shows in Hamburg and Berlin and Munich. And when they played in Berlin in the summer of 2003, it's probably June or July, uh, I saw Turbo Negro for the first time. And uh, I met a couple of guys backstage. I talked to some people on the tour bus because Steve-O was pretty well connected being Turbo Yugen St. Pauli. Uh, he was able to get me to talk to some people and uh, kind of introduce myself. Uh, talked to Happy Tom for a long time after show after the show. Uh, everybody in Berlin, all the Berlin punk rock scene, went to uh, I, I don't remember what bar it was, mm -hmm. but it was a big bar and it was everybody was wearing uh, denim. And uh, I sat and talked with Happy Tom, and I thought I almost thought he was an American because. He didn't have the heavy uh, Norwegian accent the other guys did. And uh, he knew a lot about California. 
Especially so San Diego, right? Huh? Especially San Diego, I think, because he's I think his brother or some some relative is living in the in the area there, right? Yeah, uh, he knew a lot about Southern Cal. He knew a lot about surfing. So I was. It really blew my mind after seeing the show that was all about destruction and sell your body to the night and you know all the turbo themes. I ended up talking to him about surfing and Southern California real estate. Okay. And just just non turbo negro things, just just regular guy talk as I'd talk to somebody who's um, from Southern California. And it was at that point I got the joke. It was at that point I saw the genius behind what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then at what point were you actually, well, you were connecting to Happy Tom, talking to him. At what point did you decide to uh, become a member of the Turbo Yugen? It was, after, it was after that night when I got the joke talk, uh, talking to Tom and I realized uh, the, the whole thing, the whole... Uh, the denim thing, the whole, all, all the symbology, everything, it was a joke, you know, it was, mm. it was a, as a joke played on punk rock, it was a joke played on death metal, it was a joke who, who, on, on people who are taking hardcore music so seriously, mm. to make it that it was not fun anymore, it was about fighting, and who could be more macho, and who could be the biggest dick, and they, People had lost the original humor of what punk rock was and uh, the, the, the genius behind it uh, where it was an art form. Uh-huh. You know, it was art music, basically. And so once I talked to Tom and I realized, oh, this is just a get-up. This is just a joke. Then I decided I wanted to be a part of Turbo Yugen because I saw how I could fit in. Okay. You know, as some, you know I... I uh, I saw that you can be whoever you wanted to be in Turbo Jugend. And uh, speaking of, what's your warrior name? Do you have an official warrior name? Uh, yeah, when I started Turbo Jugend Orange County in 2003, I was El Gordo, mm-hmm. which is Spanish for the fat one. But which now I'm not fat. Which you're not. I which I'm not, I'm not fat anymore. So uh, now that I'm in Turbo Jugend San Diego, my uh, warrior name is Juan Burgundy. Oh, nice. That's a nice one. Ron, Ron Burgundy's half-Mexican second cousin. All right, get it. So, but, um, so you started um, to get interested into the Jugend, and which one was the first Jugend you actually joined, or were you founding Orange County? Uh, after, the tur- after that Turbo Tour uh, in summer of 2003, uh, I talked to Steve-O and had him, and, and, and I told... Uh, I asked him to ask Jurgen El Presidente if I could use the name Turbo Yugend Orange County if no one had taken it, and uh, no one had. So they gave me permission to start Turbo Yugend Orange County. And back then, there wasn't Facebook, or there was none of the Facebook Yugend that I see these days. Uh, there, there wasn't so much of that. It was. It was text and emails, oh, and so and there was a, I think there was this old uh, board to death punk uh, discussion forum, right? Yeah, this was there, probably yeah, the, only, was, the only only means of communication back then. Yeah, and, and and what it did is it made the Yugans really tight, who were close to each other. Like the first thing I did 
is I became friends with Turbo Ugand LA. And Philip Flores was it started out in my Ugand, and then we when we not when we started to not be so active, he went to Turbo Ugand LA, and so he and Daria Darkness are like the founders of Turbo Ugand, or you know they're they're main players of old Turbo Ugand LA, and so we back back in 2003, I just I just knew about ten people. We'd go back and forth, and we'd set up these events. Come down to Orange County. We'll do some drinking at a German uh, a German bar. We'd go up to L.A. and we'd go to one of their parties. We'd go to the Oktoberfest. It really was. It was hard to be connected in internationally because there wasn't Facebook. But what it did is it brought us closer together because our connections were the olden way of meeting friends in person. Yeah, and on a local basis. Mm. Huh? More, lo more locally or more regionally, right? Yeah, more regionally. And so that's how I started with Turbo Jugend, you know? And and we we kind of did our own thing because back then I only answered to Turbo Jugend San Pauli uh, if what I was doing okay, if I was doing something okay or not. Uh, in fact... Man, I'm going to say this, and it's not going to make a lot of your listeners happy, but it's the truth. Uh, one of the things I found about Turbo Jugend uh, was the freedom of it. Mm -hmm. And so I felt I could be anything I wanted to be, you know, and uh, as long as I got along with the other Turbo Jugend and as long as it was everything was okay with Turbo Jugend St. Pauli, that everything is great. So we named Turbo Yugen, Orange County, the first Christian Turbo Yugen. Okay. And, and uh, in order to uh, be in our Yugen, you had to accept Jesus and reject Satan and vote for Arnold Schwarzenegger for governor. So we, we tried to make a joke of it, like we were this like evil Republican wing of Turbo Yugen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everybody had to be Republican and had to vote Republican. And it was our little thing. It was like what we did. And we got a lot of heat for it uh, because of that. Even, and, even back then in the years? Uh, yeah. There was other Orange County Yugans. They didn't call us a real Yugan. And uh, we made our own cuts. We, ma had, we made our own cuts uh, with permission of Turbo Yugan St. Pauli uh, with the Iron Cross. Oh, okay. uh, mm -hmm. uh, we, we got our own jackets. I knew an embroiderer. And uh, we did that, and uh, Turbo Union Sound Pally, they 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 thought it was cool, and they uh, on TurboUnion.net they put the or uh, Turbo Union Orange County uh, when they would rotate the photos of all the Union uh, jackets. One day I was looking at it, and Orange County with our Iron Cross popped up, so I thought that was really cool, and uh, so we kind of just did our thing for a while. So uh, at, at, at what at what point did you get did you get across with other Yugans? Uh, you you t just told me that you got a lot of heat from other Yugans. Where is uh, was there a point where you decided to s separate yourself from the main well the mainstream Yugans in uh, in California or were you or just or were you just mixing it in and doing your own thing within the community or were you rejected at that point? No, I mean, there are certain people who wanted the Orange County game, and I think that was the biggest one of all, is that uh, other people came later.
And because we didn't have store, uh, we didn't buy our cuts for Bitscore. And because, you know, we, we had our own rules, uh, no drugs allowed, things like that, you know, people didn't think we were playing by the rules of Turbo So we just hung out with Turbo LA. They had no problems because Philip was, uh, Philip Flores started in our Yugen and then he just moved to LA. So I'm still good friends with Daria Darkness from all these years. Because her, she was the president and I was the president, and we'd plan all these events together. And they didn't care about our jackets. They were they were the dominant Ugand in L.A. We were the dominant Ugand in Orange County. So as long as everything was cool with Turbo Ugand L.A. and Turbo Ugand San Pauli, I was fine. And being an Orange County independent my whole life as a punker and everything, uh, going against going against the grain is what was what is all about. And so. That's what we thought we were doing, and we had fun with it. And uh, there's one funny story I'll tell you. Uh, around 2004, Turbo, Yugen, uh, Turbo Negro came to L.A., I think in the winter of 2004. And there was this thing going around on TurboYugen.net called Stormtroopers of Death Punk. Uh-huh. I, don't know if, I don't know if anybody remembered that. But it was Stormtroopers of Death Punk was going around, and we thought we were going to make ourselves Stormtroopers of Death Punk. So keep in mind, this was fun for us. It was a joke, you know. And from the original humor I got from Happy Tom, like, none of this was serious. It was wearing funny hats, and it was being weird, and it was wearing weird clothes, and it was being bizarre. That's that's what I took it as. And provocative. and provocative. And, yeah. That's what it's all about. We were being provocative from the other side to make it fun. Uh-huh. So the Turbo Ugin of De- uh, uh, Stormtroopers of Death Punk came along, and we made our own armbands. Which, we, which color was it? It was horrible. It was red with black letters with white outline, S-O-D-P, uh, with, the, with the red band, just like the, the Nazis one. Yeah, which is we which is controversial. We just talked about this on the first podcast, but it was provocative. And you live in in the, in the states, so this is an, a different message. Obviously, you sent there if, as if you would wear it in Germany, because if you were wear this in Germany, people will literally hit you on the street. But okay, yeah, yeah, you were trying to be provocative and, and got your armbands. Hmm? I mean, it was so funny. And and then I uh, getting ready for the show. Uh, I realized how nerdy Turbo Negro was and, like, uh, the whole thing. Because here we are, these these uh, provocative punk rockers with our Iron Cross jackets, and then the whole time before the show, we were sewing our, our, our Stormtroopers, our SODP uh, armbands on our cuts. And we were sitting there, and, like, we were fixing each other's jackets, and, you know, every, everybody was looking, looking sharp, and everybody had their... Uh, uh, I don't think I don't know if they do it these days, but we had a president, we had a SWAT minister. We would buy our own patches yeah. and put, put them on the cut. We went to a gun show. Me and my SWAT minister, we went to a gun show and got everybody patches. So we were sewing these patches on, and then we were sewing our armbands on and getting them all dialed in. We all got up to the show, and uh, we just tore it up. It was like this great, great show in L.A., but afterwards, I heard from Turbo Yugen and Sound Pauli that they, they don't want us to wear the, the armbands anymore. 
Yeah, because of yeah because of the history uh, reasons and relating to the, the, the to the Hitler thing and and some people who get it like if you would take photos of him, some people will misunderstand it and two vegans will might be regarded as a Nazi club, which obviously we are not. But that's I yeah. think that, that would be the bad the, the background why they gave you this uh, reaction, right? Yeah, and that was the only thing uh, I ever heard from Turbo Yuga and St. Pauli uh, that we were doing wrong. So everything else, they thought it was great. You know, they knew who I was. They knew my background. They knew I was an artist and provocative and uh, an independent type-minded person. Always thought for myself, kind of thought separately from the rest of the pack, even as a punk rocker growing up. Uh so they appreciated it, you know. I was trying to add add a, a new angle to Turbo Jugend, mm-hmm. and uh, as long as we didn't do the armbands, we were fine. So that's how that went. So you you stopped uh, wearing the armband after that? Yeah, we didn't. We stopped. I was I was so happy that that El Presidente had approved my poster art. The band had approved my poster art. Mm-hmm. They approved they approved my Jugend. Serving against Sao Paulo approved my union, and people were coming to my house and and in Costa Mesa, and I was hosting people from Serving and Sao Paulo in my house. I was so happy that these things were going on. I didn't want to upset them. I I still call Serving and Sao Paulo the high command, and uh, uh, their word is law for me. And th- this is just the old way I looked at Serving Union, uh-huh. you know. And and I'm sure things are different now because now there is no El Presidente. Uh, Turbo Yugen Sao Paulo has changed a bit. And there are, uh, the, there are the, the ambassadors are basically taking the role of t- t- 12 people worldwide uh, yeah. are, taking the, are taking the role of, of Jürgen or try to guide Turbo Yugen through the years, sort of. And I, I think it's cool. I mean, I understand things change. I mean, we got a lot more Turbo Yugen than there used to be. But the, the thing I thought was funny before was how it ridiculed Hitler Jugend and how it ridiculed Hitler and, and everybody was a dictator like El Presidente was a dictator and I was I was a president of, of my Jugend and I was dictator for all of Orange County and it was like this joke thing yeah. about a, a, like an emperor type thing you know and now it's like the Roman Republic now it's a republic when before it was an empire yeah I get and it and so now the ambassadors make it like a republic, which is cool. You know, again, Turbo Yugen should be what you want it to be. And whatever it takes to operate and have the thing go smoothly is fine with me. Mm, I get it. Yeah. So that's uh, certainly the times. Times change and also Turbo Yugen changes as, as it gets bigger. So this was the first part of the interview. I did with Marco Almera. If you want to check out his artwork, you can go online to marcoalmera.com. That's Marco with a C and then A L M E R A dot com, his website. You can look at his graphics and you can also get the chance to buy his um, artwork to. Uh, make your living room just as mine look really awesome and pretty and continue to improve your private life we will conclude this show 
with a beautiful piece of music I found on the on the internet on YouTube. It's uh, a cover version of Drenched in Blood, performed by two female college students uh, who are not only touching my heart and soul, but also, to be honest with you, my gender. Enjoy, even if it's for Peter. We're going to do an introduction. <laughs> yes. Um, today we will be performing Drenched in Blood by Turbo Negro. This is for Peter. Enjoy. It's a tidal wave, a tidal wave. It's a tsunami of Like a rat in a flood, you're drenched in 